So back to what I was me i think is one of the unique things about their relationship and that you, you listen to some of the musical arrangements of some elton songs especially some like early stuff is that it's not necessarily a traditional song format you know in the way they compose mm, stuff because yeah. what's up what's up what's up friends family and fans welcome to life this is where we listen and inspire friends in entertainment and Everywhere. Yeah, because life happens to everyone. I am your host, co-host, Stone Stafford, with my ride or die. Just I know when you do it, just rock with it. Just ride Cut with me it. out, just go with it. Johnny Vaughn, what it is, what there it do. is. Yo, so we are with Mr. Matt Still. I almost called you Matt Head. <laughs> so first of all, there really is a Matt there Head. There is a Matt Head. Do you uh, know Matt? I've heard of them. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So there really, is, yeah. Yeah, there really is a mad head for real. But they, we were talking about my head two seconds ago, so I kind of got all discombobulated. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Matt still. What up, Matt? How's it going? I, it is going great, man. Thanks for coming here with us. So Matt is here because Matt is one of those, it is, take, take it the right way, he is a classic <laughs> engineer. <laughs> And old. See, see, I didn't want to say that. I wasn't going to say that at all. I wasn't going to say it at all. But a uh, classic engineer, and I personally feel like it's important to have people of your caliber and your experience on the show because of where music is, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, and change happens. I get it, but you know, it's almost like when the the ancestors teach the young ones the old language so that it doesn't die out. Yeah. I mean, not that you're like that, but. No, we're well, not too far in age, first of all, so let's get that straight. Yeah, we're well, not too yeah. far well, in I mean, when I, when I started, engineering and recording was a very different landscape back then. I mean, there there are technology changes, but there are concepts that remain the same from right. the time I first started to today. Right. You know, the fundamentals, right? Fundamentals. I just talked about that with someone. So before we have, dive into it, let people kind of know who you are, where you, the highlights, right? Yeah. How you got here from then to here. Give us the highlights of your career. Well, um... Born and raised here in Atlanta. I'm a native. Oh. One of the few. Dying um, breed. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, I was always in music, started studying classical piano at the age of four. So okay. I was always going to be in music in some, some degree or another. And what drew me to engineering was whenever my bands would go in to do demos, they always sounded <laughs> they awful. They sounded terrible. They sounded awful. <laughs> That's everybody's story. Yeah. I didn't know how story. to do what the engineer was doing sitting behind the desk. I didn't mm -hmm. know what to say. I didn't know what any of the knobs did. And I was like, well, I just got to learn that so that I can just make it sound the way I, I want it to sound. Well, I went to Georgia State University to, uh, to study commercial music and production mm -hmm. and uh, started interning. Had a studio right down the road. Which one? Uh, it was called Soundscape at the time. It is now Stankonia. Oh, okay, 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 okay. It was Soundscape, then it was Boss Town. Boss Town. Ooh! Was Boston. Now that, that's when I got into the business. Yeah. It was Boss Town. Hey. Well, so I started interning at Soundscape. Okay. And worked my way up from an intern to being an assistant engineer to becoming chief engineer there. I was there when Bobby bought the place. And, yeah. And, Boss Town uh, was... Um, Bobby Brown's studio for yeah. those who yeah. didn't know it was a, it was it was Soundscape Studios owned by a guy named John Merritt okay and then he sold it to Bobby Brown okay and then Bobby then after Bobby it went to Outcast Outcast and now you said you moved from intern to engineer right to assistant engineer to assistant engineer yeah is there anything specific you did to make that transition happen or was it something that just kind of happened on its own or were you like 
I'm coming in as this intern and I want to become this. And then there were certain things you did to become that. And this would probably be more to for people who are interns today. Yeah. What how'd that work out for you? Well, as an intern, you know, your your responsibilities are take out the trash, sweep the parking lot, you know, clean the bathrooms, mm-hmm. vacuum, all the other stuff. All the th- anything that has absolutely nothing to do with music and engineering, that's your responsibilities. And after that, you might be able to hang out in a session right. and uh, and watch what's going on and ask some questions, but you gotta know when to ask the questions. Mm-hmm. You gotta basically I would just kind of sit in the back. And if they needed coffee, I'd go make coffee, come back, and just watch what's happening. Right. And when there was a break, I would talk to the engineer, I would talk to the assistant, whoever. Ask, why are you doing this? How are you doing this? What's what's this for? What's that for? Right. Um, and the studio owner at the time, uh, John Merritt, he had a policy which was very generous to you know the, the young staff and interns and assistants that if there was no one in the studio and we wanted to go in and record, bring in somebody to record, we could come in and off hours and record our own music. Right. So I would bring my own band in from like midnight to 6 a.m. And as long as we covered our own materials, which at that time was reel-to-reel tape, right, right. Uh, then <laughs> right. we would, then, then we could just record to our heart's content and we would be up there all night long. Recording. And that was the price that you paid by getting coffee, taking out the trash, yes. and da-da-da-da-da. That was my just, reward. Your reward, right? Yes. Because now this generation now they're all like, "Oh, they're you're all y'all abusing us and you're taking advantage of us and blah blah blah." But people don't understand that there is a price for access. Yes. Right. There's a price for life experience sitting there at the at can the I, seat of Jesus. Can I, can I be the learning. young guy again at the table? Mm-hmm. And just did say, you just say what? Can I be? Did you young, just say what? I'm gonna be the young guy at the table again. Ooh, I got, if y'all I hear see a little gray coming in your bitch, yeah, don't so don't let him suck that's you spray. in. Don't let him suck you're you not in. Don't let him suck you in, man. That's spray and, 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 and stress. All right, go ahead and speak, Father. Um, <laughs> uh, a, lot, a lot, a lot of owners uh, and a lot of people who were in position to have interns started to abuse that. The access was not rewarded as it. now. I was rewarded with that, right? But I saw people say, "Oh no, my interns are just interns. You never get a chance to say." They couldn't even sit in session, and that's fair. That became an actual real thing. Yeah, so no, that's that, fair. That that's was fair. absolutely that's taken fair. advantage. So of. I don't. So want, yeah, I shouldn't say that it didn't happen. Okay, but in my case, it didn't happen. Right, and in, in, in the cases, cases here, it, it doesn't happen. And what, what I'm saying, yeah, here Icon it doesn't. And yeah. I mean, I'm gonna say that here's an anomaly. Um, but there, there was a, a time where it was fair, where if you came and you worked and you were focused and you did, you got an opportunity. But then those opportunities started going away because people realized I got free labor, and yeah. that has also played a part in the mentality of some of the the younger people because they have not gotten no shots at studios when they've gone. They've taken out the trash for two years and still couldn't sit in on a session. Like I've watched those things happen. So I again, being the younger guy at the table, I have to speak to that because I've, I didn't experience it personally. I got shots, but I watched kids get their careers crushed after giving it everything. And you know what I'll say to that, and tell me if you agree, mm-hmm. is if you are an intern and you're in that position because it still happens, right? It really it it is a great test for you and your character of what type of person you are. Because are you a hustler or not? Everyone wants to be like out here getting it. 
out here grinding, out here hustling. But at the end of the day, even though they might be abusing you, you're still in the building, though, right? And hopefully there's some key people coming in and out of that building. So they're not barring you from having a conversation. They're not barring you if the guy has on the Eagles jersey. Yo, did you see that Eagles game the other day? And then striking up that conversation and developing a relationship. No one's keeping you from doing that. And the ones that truly do have that hustle mentality and understand relationships, that's still an advantage they have that the one on the street doesn't have because they're in the building. Agree or disagree? I agree. You, you, as an intern, you cannot be a passive intern. Amen. You have to take your own initiative and figure out, le- learn the craft, understand what you know, what you don't know, and 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 start to learn how to be an engineer. From from my perspective, when I, when I was when I was sitting in that seat, I was like, okay. I need to learn with the assistants. We would align the tape machine. I need to learn how to align the tape machine. Mm-hmm. I would get the chief engineer to show me. I said, "Hey, show me how to align the tape machine." Didn't know what the heck I was doing. Right. I practiced it and figured it out so that I knew how to align a tape machine. Go over the patch bay with me. Go over, you know, the different kind of mics. Go over mic placement. Go over all this stuff with me. Mm-hmm. And I started to learn it. And then I worked my way up to be an assistant engineer. Um, the first week that the first month, not the first week, the first month that I was an assistant. Um, I worked on the first TLC record, really, and the first Arrested Development record. Nice. Those, those that was my first month as an assistant. That's when you first met Ian Burke, and and, <laughs> yeah, Ian, and Alvin Spites, and Alvin's right Uncle Al. Oh, yeah, man. Al, rest Alvin rest was the Alvin was the engineer on both of those uh, projects, and I was his assistant for a bit. Nice. And uh, he's one of the guys that I learned under, and uh, you know he he always taught me to. Make myself valuable. Oof! Wow! Nice. You know, make myself make it so that they make more, the studio makes more money with me there than with me not there. Woo! All right, so I'm Stone. Oh, stone, wait, now. Man, stop! Stop! I don't man, cut it. Stop! Uh, stone likes to hear those catchphrases, and they feel good. It's and they not, sound. Stop oh it! Let God. me do something. Cut it! Let me. I'm not going to just let you berate me, in, me in silence. Let me. Let me have half the mic. I mean, co-host. And all that. Um, no, it does. It sounds awesome, and I, I always put that in one of those categories of we say those words, but we never talk about what that means. So yeah, make yourself valuable. What were some actual things you did as a new engineer that made yourself valuable? In that particular situation. Well, I, I think for myself personally, um, I brought my musicality. Mm-hmm. I was a musician first. That's that that was my that was my goal was to be the next Elton John. And ironically, that's who I do. We, well, we yeah, gonna get to yeah, that. We gonna get to that. Yeah, we gonna get to, <laughs> that. Gonna get to that. But um, you know, you know, we have. One thing that I, I always tell people is that it's it's great to have dreams, but don't be so beholden to them. Dreams dreams give you a direction to follow and allow you to take the next step. What is what's the first step you need to, to make towards that dream? Mm-hmm. Somewhere along the way, life is going to happen. It might take you in one direction or the other, but have a dream that moves you forward. Mm-hmm. You know, um, in terms of what made me valuable. Um, I was just always on top of things. I always tried to think ahead of the engineer. Mm-hmm. I always tried to make sure that the, the sessions ran efficiently. Um, and, you know, I just made sure that I was one step ahead. I've worked with some assistants who kind of sit in the corner reading a newspaper, a magazine, sitting there on their phone nowadays. Uh, and I'll ask Yeah, you did, you did I'll, it all of us by mentioning the newspapers. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll ask a question. I'll say, hey, can you do this? And they're like, oh, yeah, okay. 
you know, back in my day, I was always focused on, on what was happening in the session. I was paying attention to, the, to yeah. the engineer, to the producer, to the artist, and I could tell where they were going. And so I would make sure that I was already in the process of doing what they were about to nice. ask me to do. Initiative. Yeah. <laughs> There's that word. <laughs> okay, so now you're assistant engineer. You got to be in on the TLC and stuff, and then you're engineering. Let's continue on how you got here today, because you ended up working with some freaking big people, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to say yeah. the least, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. What was yeah. that journey looking like? Uh, back in 1993, uh, I was already chief engineer at uh, at Boston. Boston, okay. And Elton John came in to do the duets record. And uh, because it was Elton John and he was one of my favorite artists ever, I was going to be the, even though I was the chief engineer, I was like, I'm going to be the assistant on this session. I'm going to assist because one, we wanted to make sure that everything went perfectly. Mm -hmm. He had his own engineer? Well, it was, each song was a duet with a different artist and there, okay. there was a different producer. And so the producers had their own engineers that gotcha. they would bring in. Okay. Um, like we did one with uh, Tammy Wynette. We did one with uh, RuPaul. We did one with Little Richard. Uh, we did RuPaul? RuPaul. He mm -hmm. had a duet? Yeah. yeah. Don't go breaking my heart. I don't think I knew that. Yeah. They, they did I don't a duet think I together. knew that. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. Produced by Giorgio Moroder. I didn't uh, know that. I don't know that. I don't know who Giorgio is. <laughs> Maybe I know his work. You, you, you got to look him <laughs> I will up. look it up. Giorgio Moroder. Google him. I, you already yes. know. <laughs> Actually, duck, duck, go now. But anyway. Yes. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah. So, it was a different... Different producer, different engineer, different guest artist on every song. So we would be in there working for a few days on a song, but then everyone else would leave mm -hmm. and a whole new group of people would come back. And mm -hmm. in some of those cases, it was people that Elton had never met before. Like they had spoken on the phone, but okay. they had never met face to face kind of a deal. Mm -hmm. um, so I was the one constant along with Elton during those sessions. And mm -hmm. it just kind of struck up a friendship. And the fact that I was a classically trained pianist kind of... Yeah. helped me to understand his way of thinking. And during that whole process, there were a couple of last-minute sessions thrown in with other other artists that they were going to do in L.A. or New York or London or wherever, but they were like, hey, can you guys get here so we can just go ahead and knock this out? Well, they didn't have an engineer for some of those, so they just kind of turned to me and said, hey, can you do it? Yeah. And it was one of those, you know, who's in the room? Are you available? Can you do it? Mm -hmm. Right. And the, and the answer is always yes. Always yes. <laughs> So uh, I engineer on a couple of songs, you know, just the tracking. I didn't mix or anything like that. It was just get the recording done, send the tapes off with the producer to do mm -hmm. what they do. Mm -hmm. I, can, can I, can yeah. I butt in this real quick? Yeah. Because, I mean, anybody who reads credits, I've obviously I've read yours. Mm -hmm. um, you can see everything that you've been credited as a producer, as an engineer. You've got background vocal credits on some of the Elton John stuff, don't you? Yes. How did that happen? I mean, we get the musicality stuff and how you end up in the sessions, but how do you end up singing on these records? Let's get to that. Oh, man. Let me finish this because in, in, in recording Elton during the duets record, um, as a pianist, I grew up sitting behind a grand piano playing. So I know what it sounds like to sit behind a piano. Mm hmm um, I know from that perspective, which is the perspective that he hears it from. So when I was engineering, I engineered it the way I wanted to hear it whenever I sit down at the piano. Okay. And I can listen to recordings and I can kind of tell if the engineer producer is a pianist or not a pianist. I was going to ask that. Do you think being musical or being a musician helps as, as an engineer? It definitely helps. Okay. You don't have to be right. a musician, but it definitely helps. You can speak the language of music. Right, right, okay. Um, and you can speak in musical terms. You, you can recognize musicality. You can understand 
how an instrument is supposed to sound. Yeah. Um, you know, some people who engineer, a, record a piano, it might be kind of stuck off to the side, and it's like that's not the way I do piano because mm. I'm, I sit down at it, I hear it very wide, I hear it, you know the high end, the low end, it's very spread out, mm. and that's the way, that's the sound I go for. And Elton sat down, he played the piano, he comes back and he goes, "Wow, I love the piano sound." And I was like, "Okay, yeah, yeah there we go." Makes and sense. That, that was the beginning. Yeah. And over the next few years, wow. they would come in. Elton would come in to do like a one-off, like he did a thing. Um, with um, uh, he did uh, uh, L.A. and Babyface came in did a, did a Christmas thing that he sang on and, mm. and there were a couple of other songs uh, Randy Newman uh, did a song that uh, he had Elton perform on and then in 1996 Elton was going to write the musical Aida but mm. he was not going to do it at Boston he was going to do it at a smaller studio and so that's when I went freelance Nice. And as far as the background vocals, yes. <laughs> when we were recording, um, it was the captain and the kid. Okay. And we were we were recording. I I had been his reg regular engineer for quite a while at that point, and we had done a lot of recordings out in Las Vegas uh, when he had a residency at Caesar's Palace. Mm -hmm. And at that time. Uh, studio at the Palms was not there, right. and there were other, and, and there were no real studios that were capable of handling an Elton John session. There were a lot of small studios, like people might go in and do a vocal, like a demo session or something like that, you know. Uh, but nothing that we could like bring his piano and the rest of the band and drums and guitars and just the the entourage. So he brought his piano to his sessions. Oh yes, always. Wow. Yeah, it's always his piano that we, wow. we bring in. It's like how The Rock travels with his gym. With his gym. Yeah. yeah. That's, oof, I love it. So <laughs> we had recorded what we did when we needed to record in Las Vegas is we recorded in the Coliseum at Caesar's Palace. Right on. And so I just put together a mobile Pro Tools rig, and we would just record there in the Coliseum. And we loved the sound we were getting there on stage because it was this, this huge room. Mm -hmm. And I was like having fun. As an engineer, I was like, OK, I'm putting my everywhere. Here. I'm putting <laughs> my back here. I'm not going to have to use a, a reverb. I've got natural reverb in this room. I'm and that excited to... you. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was... See, that's what? what I'm looking for today. <laughs> Engineers where stuff like that like genuinely excites them. Okay, oh, yeah. well, spend the fifteen k to rent out Caesars and put people in that playground to excite them. <laughs> you think that would do that? No, so fifteen k is a little low. <laughs> Man, I want people to remember that this is an area of music that. It is exciting, and it yeah. does have value, obviously, but it does also have um, a future in it, if you make sense. We're in such an age now where everything is, everybody wants clout, everybody wants the notoriety. Yeah. Everybody wants their face in the front. And so that's why I feel like you have so many engineers now that want to be producers, yeah. or producers that'll be engineers. But like the true, just pure engineer, you know, I mean, you're a producer as well, don't get me wrong, but. It, I, I morphed into that. Yeah, you morphed into and, it. And, and I, I became the producer slash engineer because I did have that musical background right you know and when we when we were recording out in caesars he loved the sound so he was like let's do the captain and the kid in a live setting so we set up at oh center. that idea was born out of doing so, okay. well well so we we set up at center stage right on okay. and recorded uh about two-thirds of the album at center stage wow that's we, great we, we rented it out we had the that's whole so great. venue to ourselves i was in the room there were no there was no walls no separation i was in the room with with the band and and I've even got some pictures where I, you know, you can see my Pro Tools setup and the, and the whole band, and uh, we were 
we had a you know obviously a set number of days and they had some shows at center stage set up to come in you know shortly after we were done so we kind of had a hard out um not only on elton's side but also on the venue side mm-hmm. and we were getting close to the end and there were some background vocals that we needed to record and rather than sitting there and taking the time to try and figure out stuff with the guys in his band who normally sing all the background vocals I stayed late one night, put a mic in front of me, and said, "Okay, I'm going to figure out these parts and see if he li- if he likes it. Then they just got to learn the part and do it. See where this is going." So I I I sat I sat there, you know, just by myself. I told my sister to go home. I was like, I didn't want him in there listening to me singing because I'm not a great singer, but because I feel like I'm a good engineer, I know how to. Utilize technology to my advantage. Sure, sure. Come on, man. So, man pat yourself. It's all right. It's all right. So, <laughs> so I recorded the background vocals and put together some parts and I played them for him. And he loved it. He goes, Oh, yeah, I love that. And I said, Okay, so I'll get the guys to, to we'll replace these tonight. He goes, No, 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 no. You do the rest of the song. There it is. Oh, my God. What? So, wait, can I just remind everyone? We're talking about Elton John, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want y'all to just get lost. This is Elton John, by the way. Yeah. So so I wound up doing the rest of the song. So there are a couple of songs where all the background vocals are me. That's you. Ah, oh, come on, man. Me. You're telling it so cool, but come on. What, what went through you when he said that? Like, was it fear, anxiety, excitement? Like, what? Well, no, it was, I, I mean, it was kind of excitement. You know, I was, I was appreciative that he, he liked the ideas that I did and right. that he liked the sound of it. Um, I didn't want to piss off the guys in the band because that was their gig. <laughs> but they're, but they're, they're all very good friends of mine and they were, they were all cool, you know, right. so it wasn't like it was, it, it, it didn't turn out to be where I was stepping on anyone's toes. But uh, Was it one of those things where in the moment you don't realize how big it is because you're like, oh man, this is just a super cool thing. And then afterwards you have the shock. It's like, yo, I just did that. Was it, was it that it, kind yeah, of thing? Yeah, it, it, it was kind of like that. Okay. Yeah, you know? that makes sense. But you know, I, I had, I had worked with him. I had been working with him for many for so years. Long. At that yeah, point. yeah, yeah. That's true. Um, at that point, it was already almost a de- probably a decade. At that point, that right. oh, oh, okay. okay. So y'all right. have a, yeah. Okay. So we, we we had a we had a, a very good, comfortable working relationship. <laughs> okay. I, I felt I would never have done that early on in my career with him. And I had worked up to the point to where at that point I'd already worked my way into being a producer for him as well. Okay, okay. You know, there was enough trust there that he he came to me and said, "He goes, I'm going to start. You're going to start co-producing with me on everything that I do." And I was God, like, oh, yeah. that's just amazing. There you go. Yeah. So I, I kind of had that uh, sense of comfort to 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 do that. And you know, there there are times where I do stuff, and he goes, "Nope." <laughs> and I sure. Go, okay. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Delete. Um, but that one or those two, that's what those, those are the ones that matter, though. Yeah, yeah. that's it. So you know, I, I have a, I, I, we have a very good rapport and working relationship, and I, I have an idea of of what he likes to hear and the way he likes things to sound. So, you know, it's it's not, I'm 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 not necessarily guessing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Um, so yeah, that's kind of that's how I, I started to do some right on. vocal work for. Um, him well. I, I want to do this. I owe an apology. I can do this because as someone who I'm a storyteller, I I do I build stories for a living. Uh, I can admit when I didn't see a dope story like that coming. So thank you for shutting me up to allow you to build to it because I almost ruined it by trying to get to the part that I've just been excited to ask you about for for two days now. Yeah. Um, Elton John's Elton John. I mean, we could talk about that for days. Right, right, right. When you look at your discography, the names are so vast. I mean, you Elton John, Rod Stewart's on there. 
um, Chameleon there is 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 on there. Right. We, we already talked about TLC. The we diversity know you. Is, yeah, is I mean, awesome, yeah. Outcast. Yeah. You. A lot of engineers work with a lot of people, but a lot of people don't repeat work with a lot of people. You've been able to cross genres and be effective and efficient with a sound that sticks. Yeah. H- how do you do that? I, I was never able to do that. I, I found my niche, R&B, hip hop, some pop stuff was kind of it. I tried to do some country rock stuff, couldn't make it. I, I, the sound just didn't. Like my, my ears just didn't feel it or hear it the right way. What What was that thing that made you flow across those boundaries well when i growing up i was always listening to pop and rock okay you know the who led zeppelin Mm -hmm. you know i was blasting those records um when i wanted to become an engineer i wanted to learn how to do pop and rock stuff but in atlanta in the early 90s it was all r&b and rap there were there wasn't i mean there was some but there wasn't a whole lot of rock going on Mm -hmm. and when you were working at a studio it was all r&b and rap sessions so i was like well okay i'm gonna learn how to do that i didn't know thing one about rap music i hadn't really been listening to it didn't didn't know the r&b scene but i learned how to engineer it and how how, what does that learn how to engineer because even here at the studio i'll have someone they'll say give me an engineer who really knows Mm r&b give me an engineer that knows pop give me an engineer that knows trap what does that mean that knows it? What is it well, that you're the, knowing? The, the first thing that, that I had to learn when I was engineering and, and mixing within R&B and rap is low end. Mm. <laughs> right. How, how to how to manage the low end. How to blow an Augsburger. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, 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 it's, it, and, and rock and pop have started to incorporate some of that low end yes. now. Right. But back then, it was, it was not like that. You no. know? So... Um, you didn't have 808s on country records and rock records. Right. Like you, like you can find them now. Now, right. Um, so it was just kind of understanding the genre and, you know, not, and basically just trying to be a sponge as much as I can to learn as much as I could about the music, about everything about engineering. Mm-hmm. And there are, cert- there, there are a lot of concepts that it doesn't matter what genre you're re- recording or mixing that will, Travel, it'll translate mm-hmm. translate to, to whatever genre. I mean, right. I've done everything from R and B and rap to rock to country to jazz. I've recorded orchestras. I've done all mm. kinds of things. So I I, I I do have a very broad spectrum of um, of experience in terms of, of genres. Um, but it gets down it gets down to making yourself valuable, being the person who can get the job done. Mm-hmm. You know, without cast. Um, you may not know it, but uh, the song Bombs Over Baghdad, the keyboards at the beginning, that's me playing. Did not know that. Didn't know that. Yeah. I believe you. I <laughs> did not know that. We were in the studio. Andre knew that I played classical piano, and it was the very last thing that we put on. The, the song was pretty much done, but it was mm-hmm. the last thing that we put on at the top. He wanted, he, he, he knew I played classical piano, so he said, play some Beethoven shit. <laughs> That sounds, that sounds, sounds like, like what Dre was saying. Say. Yeah. So I, I, we, we, we found a patch sound on, on uh, his keyboard that we liked. And so I just started playing along and I kind of found that little riff. And, and then we put it at the top and, and that was the beginning of Bombs Over Baghdad. Nice. I, and and if, you, if you listen to the interludes on uh, Stankonia, mm-hmm. I'm on there Playing. talking. Talking. You're talking. That's, that's me. See, now I got to go back. Got to go I gotta, back and listen. 
This is hilarious. Listen, listen for the painfully white guy. <laughs> <laughs> painfully white guy. So that's that, me. I, I wanted to ask about that too. So my and that was initiative. That was me. That was seeing they needed something because they, I, I knew what when we were doing those interludes, I knew what they wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I was like. They weren't. Get, they were like having this person going and that person going. There. No, man, you're not doing. It. I, was, I was like, hold on, guys. I hit record. And I walked in and I just started doing some shit. They're like, that's it. That's nice, what we want. Nice, nice. So it was just taking the initiative. The, the, and they could say no, and then okay, right. you know, and then you so take what? it off. And to balance it too, especially for new ones, like you, you earn the right to to take that initiative. Like, you, you've worked with these people enough to where they were, it got to the point where you can do that, right? Well, also, it, with Outcast, I don't know that I had worked with them a whole lot at that point to, to say that I had earned the right, mm-hmm. but I had worked with enough people to recognize the window of opportunity. Boom, yeah. To recognize their openness. Because mm-hmm. there, there are some people, even today, like you're talking about, some sessions, you, you keep your mouth shut. Mm-hmm. Some sessions, I still run across that day. There are times I come into a session, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to sit here and I'm yeah. just going to hit record. Mm-hmm. And that's reading the room, right? Yeah, you read the room. And that comes and, with experience. Yeah. And honestly, and time. Yeah. And, you, you, and again, so this is my thing with the younger ones is they they want to they wanna fast forward so much. Mm-hmm. And there's just some things you just can't. You know, those little X factor things, it only comes with time, you mm-hmm. have to be in a hundred sessions before you become proficient at reading the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I mean, and that's that's just what it is, and you just have to accept that, you know, and just keep going. Yeah, um, you just said something that was very interesting to me that you come across sessions where you just hit the record button and sit there. That means that you're still tracking. Is that what I'm hearing? You know, I if my schedule is open and someone calls me to record, to mix, to produce. I'm available for one. You'll track. I will track. Ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I swear, nowadays, as soon as they go to that whole mix thing, tracking has been, I don't track anymore. (laughs) I'm a mix engineer. So I, I, admittedly, I did that in in the early (laughs) stages of my, when I first started shifting into live, I, um, I got to a point to where I stopped tracking and it wasn't because I was above it. I just got, tired of dealing with the psychological aspect that came with being a therapist on top of having to like that part was just too much for me right. just let me get in there and do because I, I too am a musician and mm-hmm. a creative I want to just get to the creative stuff that's why I stopped when I got to the live aspect of it, it it completely went away because I was mixing all the time at that mm-hmm. point and then I would get calls to track sessions and it sounded like that I was like man I'm on tour or whatever and it just sounded like I was being <laughs> you know but I was like no like I'm literally I'm just I'm too busy Prince needs me but there are people that no, it wasn't Prince <laughs> Prince. I wish it was Prince. Um, my, my first big tour was training Rob Thomas, which was cool. I was an assistant on that. Mm-hmm. And then I did some stuff with some with some USO bands that were, were really cool that I actually got to mix front of house for. Um, and that was a pivotal point in my career. Where I actually did. I had to make a decision. Am I going to continue to try to split time and still moonlight on one side or the other? Or am I going to dive head first and, and do all of these shows and do all these tours and, and become a front of house mix engineer? Well, the difference is like what Matt said. He said, if I'm available, if, I'm if available, I have time, yeah. I still do it. And like, the, I, the reason why I asked the question is exactly for what he said. There's so many people that they just write it off. Like, this, yeah. is, this is no longer a part of what I do mm-hmm. anymore. Now, the question that I'm leading to, because I can get long-winded when I'm excited about sitting to somebody who's as legendary as you are, forgive me, <laughs> <laughs> um, is... is does the answer yes or no depend on not necessarily so much if your calendar will allow it, but who the name is? Like if, if Elton wants you to track, maybe you say yes. If it's the, well, with Elton, the new. With Elton, I do everything. Okay. 
I track it, I mix it, I produce it. I'm I'm like on those projects. I'm the only name as an engineer mm -hmm. recording or mixing. <clears throat> now, when you um, say produce, right? Mm -hmm. Does that always mean you're playing something? Because in pop and rock and country, right? Oftentimes, yeah. the engineer is the producer, yeah. right? Pr producer, the name, the word producer, <laughs> it means a lot of different things depending upon Amen. genre. Right? Yeah. If, you're, if you're an R and B and rap. Um, producer generally means the songwriter as well. Mm, okay. um, mm. Rock, it's not necessarily, and pop, it doesn't necessarily mean the the songwriter. Right. It could be more of a technical producer. Okay. Um, like Elton still writes all the songs. He's mm. he's his own songwriter. No one needs to write a song for him. Does he still work with the guy? Remember, like he did the melodies and the guys did. Yeah, the, Bernie Taupin. Bernie, Bernie Taupin. Yeah, thank you, Bernie man. still does does the lyrics for him. Now he does other things where like like some of the musicals that he's done. He there might be someone else who did sure. for for that kind of stuff. And so for some of the films, like Tim Rice did uh, the Lion King and and mm. all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So yeah, he writes the music and someone else writes the lyrics for the albums. It's it's always Bernie. Um, and you know Elton will go in and write the song, and we'll he'll write it within like thirty minutes. He'll sit down with the lyrics, nothing done. Start just kind of stream of consciousness, trying to figure out a melody, and then all of a sudden. So it starts with the lyrics. Well, it, I, I, it lyrics. probably changes, but most of the time it starts with the lyrics. Yeah, no, it, it always starts with the lyrics. Wow, it's a little backwards from yeah. How normally, we do normally, it. Yeah. yeah, especially when I write, it's always melody first, and yeah. then I come up with the story and, and the lyrics. And, and, and that, to me, I think is one of the unique things about their relationship, and that you, you listen to some of the musical arrangements of some Elton songs, especially some like early stuff is that it's not necessarily a traditional song format, you know, in the way they compose mm, stuff. Because yeah, true. he is, he's, Bernie's lyrics are not so block formatted and so perfectly aligned in terms of the number of syllables and rhyme. Mm -hmm. He's not beholden to rhyme. He will rhyme, but he's not yeah. beholden to it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that will stretch Elton's mm -hmm. phrasing and all his, his creativity to yeah. try and Make find something that works for the lyrics that Bernie gave him, and that might be the holy grail answer for a lot of people as to why they find it so hard. They're they're like, I'm a poet, I write poems. Mm -hmm. I'm like that's not songwriting. That's it's there's that I think that's still different than writing songs because even a story. if story, yeah, because even if you're doing lyrics, there's still some kind of a flow. There's still some kind of a some kind of a structure there, you know what I mean? It's yeah. not just poetry, yeah. you know? And and I get that all the time. So, like, I do I do lyrics all the time. I'm a poet. I'm like, eh, yeah. not quite the same. <laughs> I, but it can be, though. I mean, no, there, I, there, I, mean I mean, this yeah, is a prime yeah, example yeah, of sure. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, in, in the rap world, uh, Philadelphia Freeway is was not one of my favorite rappers for a very long time because his rhyme scheme and structure felt more poetic than it felt like rapping. Mm -hmm. And then when I finally started to kind of catch how he was piecing things together started to make more sense I and then musically producers would go in and some of the call and response stuff and the instrumentals will be based off of the sure, yeah. what was built off of that which you hear a lot of in, in some of that stuff you can I'm tell just, that the music was built later because Wait, what? I just haven't heard anybody call him Philadelphia Freeway in years. <laughs> I, yeah, so I, I mean, I, years. So I, I, said, I, I did it on purpose. So the, I, the quick story on why I do that. I was talking to a kid one time, and I was kind of telling a similar story, and I brought him up, and I just said Freeway. And I was like, who's Freeway? And if you Google Freeway, you never find him. So if you put in oh, Philadelphia Freeway okay. the, the, without right. writing Freeway Rapper, it'll right. actually come yeah, up when you he said, it. I was like, what? So that, that's an actual. Like, okay, Mr. Yeah, Wells. That's a, that's, a, that's a conscious thing to point out that when I say Freeway, I'm not just talking right. Some random gotcha. but that that's a that structure comes out of an artist being able to sit down and create from a musical standpoint with a blank 
canvas, so to speak, with mm-hmm. only lyrics as a guide, and you can you can put phrasing kind of wherever you want to. Mm-hmm. Did that make it difficult for you as a producer or a co-producer in those situations to find a gap to fill when you were called on to do certain things? Um, no, I don't. I don't. I don't think so. Um, you know, he writes this. He'll sit down. He'll write the song, and he'll he'll start with nothing, and he'll have the song written and arranged within thirty minutes. Okay. And then we'll get the band in. We start working on, you know, how the song starts, where there's going to be a break, how it's going to end, all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And then we start getting takes. <clears throat> and once we get his part down, mm-hmm. we, we get the, the piano and the vocal done. He'll usually take off. Right. He'll usually leave. And we have overdubs. We've got to do more guitar overdubs. There might be some drum overdubs we need to do. There might be bass or something, percussion. And these are all at your discretion as these an engineer. engineer, producer. As a producer. Producer, yeah. That's yeah. production, actually. And and he'll just, he'll just leave. He'll say, okay, yeah, just finish it off. And, and he'll, he'll, he'll come the next day, and I will have had to have worked with the band and put together the rest of the remainder of the That's song. what I was asking. Was, was Does it make it difficult as far as, an, I guess I left out that part, from an expectation standpoint from him, when he does this and says, "Yo, Matt, go do your thing," and then there, there's always, uh, yeah, you, you never want to disappoint him, right. and you always try to. I always try to keep things as fresh as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one thing that I never do in any song that I've ever done for him is I never work from a template. <laughs> You know, so many engineers and producers will like, they'll have this template where yes. they import everything and it's like yes. everything's the same from song to song. Yes. And I don't do <laughs> any of that. Now we're talking to the younger ones. Yeah. <laughs> because if I, if, if I pull in the same things every single song, then I'm kind of falling back on the same sound, the same effects, the same whatever. And so I... I just I, I just start from scratch and I try to think about okay what does what does this song need and I try to put blinders on as to the other songs that we've worked on yeah. and I try to focus on just yes. what does this song need versus you know well let's 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 revisit the same sound that we used God. another song or something if for no other reason you being here that was it like thank you because no seriously because I. W- because I could, I needed a way to, for it to be verbalized. Because I always tell people that this is a craft mm-hmm. that you build, and and yeah, Uncle Stone, I'll come off harsh and just call everybody lazy. Um, but at the end of the day, it kind of is what that kind of is it. But you don't learn from just someone calling you lazy. And the thing is, it's a craft. And to hear that this well-accomplished guy who's worked with, and we want to talk about just some of your best um, sessions you've had, but we're, you know, a Grammy, three-time Grammy nominated, a Grammy winning, worked with the top people. And he's like, yeah, I don't use templates. And here's why. And it sounds to me like, oh my gosh, so there's effort and there's work and there's time put into this thing, aka craft. And I truly just feel that's missing. <laughs> and and then the gener the Gen X's, I mean Gen Y the I'm millennials. A, I'm a millennial the millennials yeah. and Gen Z's always yeah. come with the yeah, but that was then and blah blah blah. Now we're gonna go no, back to what he that. but what he first said it's about the that. fundamentals, right? Yeah. Yeah. I feel those fundamentals are missing a lot, a lot today. I don't disagree Not with you. Not gone. On that. I don't disagree with People you. People still do it. They, they are. But it's just missing. I wanna ask you this, Matt. If no ifs. I love what you said about starting from a fresh place because when you have the time to do it, 
I think that's amazing. Do you feel that's the only way? Or do you have some some of your peers that do work from templates? You know, uh, I don't want to ever say that a certain way doesn't work for someone. That's, that's all you had to say. Thank you very much. That's what works no for me. Yeah, we all know there's no only way. Well, it's, it's, it's just like I, I, I look at songwriting. Mm-hmm. You know, Elton writes a song in 30 minutes. Like you, you, you look at the classic songs. Rod will you know? take a month. It, it, it'll, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, it's. Yeah. He writes them so quickly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, your song, Rocket Man. You know, mm-hmm. Daniel. All those. You know, someone saved my life. Now, all those songs were written within a half an hour. That's right. amazing. Um, you know, you work with the guys in Outcast. The songs evolve mm-hmm. over days and sometimes weeks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which way is right? And that's that's all. You, I, you, you listen to that's it. You, you listen to the end result, yeah. and they're both great songs. So it's like, well, who cares? Who about, cares how about the process now? Now, but but for me, in order for me to keep my try and keep it fresh yes. with what I do, because I'm responsible as the producer and the engineer, right. To try and keep things sounding fresh. relevant and fresh. Yeah. Um, that's that's my choice not to use templates, and I, I love it. The only reason uh, I did that. Is because Stone Soapbox is so much higher than everybody else. Whatever, bro. Is that sometimes you do what everyone does? You say what I didn't say. I didn't say. I didn't say. I just asked a question. I asked Matt a question. Or you asked a question of something that I did, of a point that didn't make. That's it. No, no, no. no. Well, so uh, one of the the reason I I asked it for this reason. Let me talk to my generation and below now. (laughs) I'm a template. Fanatic. The reason being is because a lot of times I don't have time. And I mean, I'm not in the studio a lot, so a lot of times my stuff is live. So if I'm on an SD9 or whatever, yes, I have templates that I pull from, especially if it's an, a known artist that I've worked with before. I don't, I, and I'm in an arena or a venue that I, I haven't been in a while, but I have something that's close. I'm recalling stuff to get close. Well, live and may be a different thing. It is. It's a different you, world. It's, it's a different that, world. Yeah. But even when I was still in the studio, I did the same thing. Now, I will admit, there were a lot of times, like, even like the last time I was really in the studio, we were working with Cash Out. And this has been 10 years now. Um, and I started with templates on just about everything. And I can admit that by the time we got through some stuff, I had scraped everything that I had imported and in essence started from scratch but had I not had a starting point I wouldn't have had some type of creative spark so all I'm offering up is that some people are divinely gifted as you like to say <laughs> who can start from nothing and sparks and some of us need a little kick before we get back my, to here's my thing and go back. my thing is I agree with all of that okay, this go. is all I'm saying okay because I work with them every day we have some people where a template is just what you do okay I just have a template, period. And now I'm not sitting there saying it's wrong or right. There are some times when that, ten, that template will they'll slap, like you came out with a bop. But don't have the mentality going in that this is how you do it. It's a creative process. It's creative. Like there are, I have artists that come in here and they want to be an Elton. They want to be exploratory, but they don't know how. What if the engineer came in like, you know, we're going to scrap this template today. Let's let's start from scratch, whatever. And that engineer took them down that path, down that road. And then all of a sudden they discovered parts of themselves they didn't even know was there. Thanks to the producer or engineer. And one, now you have this new new side of an artist breathing fresh, fresh air into what they're doing. And then you have this engineer who's like, OK, you're my guy from now on. Now we have a Matt and, a, and an Elton John relationship. You mm-hmm. see, what I'm saying? all I'm saying is there's so much, poss- so many possibilities creatively that nowadays we keep on the shelf. Like I said, I don't have time and everything, so I got to get it done, 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 done. 
I get it. There are times for that, but then sometimes when you just sit down and you craft it, I one hundred percent craft it. That's all I'm saying. Okay, yeah. and I miss it. I, I miss it. I did all of that to get you to do. Yes, that. you did, Sensei. Shut up. <laughs> all right, we're going to put Elton as a standard. Any any other favorite sessions in particular? Um, two questions. Any favorite sessions of yours? Most memorable sessions, particular, and then two. Are there any artists that? He's like, God, before I leave this earth, if I could have just, or if I could just work with this person, are there any of those? Uh, one of the more memorable ones, I, I wasn't an engineer, this is back when I was an assistant, uh, was probably James Brown. Uh oh. Got that to has mm. got, to got with mm. me. Oh, yeah. What does a James Brown session look like? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this was after he had gotten out of jail and he was. Very reflective on his time in in prison okay. and how it changed him. And Things was, were cleaning it, up, and it was he was like that was the best thing that ever happened to him. Mm. And he was he liked to, you know, um, give advice to the younger people. You know, me being one of them in the room. You know, about you know life decisions, and it was just it was really cool to see him in at that period of his life in that space. Um, mm-hmm. And it was it was on the Universal James record, and. Uh, um, uh, Jazzy B from Soul to Soul was the producer on the track, okay. and so we did two. I think it was two songs that they they came over to do, and and uh, yeah, I was the assistant on that, and just kind of having the opportunity to kind of sit back and watch him work. You know, as a producer and enge- engineer, when you're when you're in the session, a lot of times you're focused on what you're doing, so sometimes you don't get to sit back and appreciate. That's a good the point. moment. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. Because you, because you've got shit to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as a, as an assistant, I, I was in that position. I was able to kind of sit back and go, "Wow, I'm I'm sitting here with James. James freaking Brown. James freaking Brown. Brown is. I'm. We're recording vocals, and I'm hearing his raw vocal. Yeah, Made some hair stand up <laughs> yes. right there a little bit. <laughs> that was that was that was probably one of the cooler <laughs> sessions. You know, outside of the Elton stuff. You know, there's a lot of cool a lot of cool moments with with sure. Elton. Did um, any of the uh, raw two inch stuff go missing by chance? Hell no. Okay. <laughs> of course they didn't. <laughs> you know what? I'm just there, there, there have been just there have been projects that I've worked on where things have leaked, and I've been asked, you know, mm. did it come from me? Sure. Uh, I have too much to lose to give to let something leak mm-hmm. that I have worked on. Mm-hmm. Um, Nothing. I, I have never let anything get out. Uh, there was a, there was something of, of Elton's that that wound up on the internet somewhere over in Europe, and I, and I told them they asked me, and I said I, I guarantee you where it is. I said find the CDs that I gave Elton for him to listen to, the the, the mixes that we did. Mm-hmm. I said I bet you won't find it because I bet he left it in a, in the hotel in a hotel room somewhere <laughs> where he was at. Ah, uh, okay. Because uh, I you know it uh, it's it's. You know, I, like I said, I have I have just have too much to lose yeah. with my career. I, for what little bit of clout that I might gain from, right. oh man, look look what I got to to work on. Well, look what I'm hearing. It's it's it, it's too costly to yeah. to yeah. to not be on top of security of now files. Yeah. You know, back then it was two inch reels. Right. Um, so it, it was harder to to leak stuff back then than mm-hmm. it is now. Um, but yeah, no. It became an epidemic at one point, obviously, you know, within the last 10, 15 years, because engineers thought that that was the way that they could 
get something else out of the situation. Oh, sure. One in particular. Um, <laughs> One name in particular. <laughs> I shall not be named. Um, the, the dream artist, though. The dream artist. So the artist that he hasn't worked with or before he leaves this earth mm-hmm. would love to work with. Yeah. Oh, the dream artist. Uh, if there is one. You know, uh, probably Beck. Ooh. Really? Yeah. Why Beck? He's, he seems to be an artist that crosses a lot of different genres mm-hmm. and tries to have a lot of different influences into his music. Mm-hmm. One, from one album to the next, there's a lot of different... They're very different albums. It's, it's, it's never like the same album over and over again. Right. Um, you know, I really enjoyed his music. Would it be uh, from an engineering standpoint, or would you want to be a producer, or do you care what capacity it would be in? Uh, I, w- I don't know that I'd necessarily have a, have a okay. preference. I want to be in the room. Yeah. I love the process of making albums. Yeah. I love being in the studio and recording and mixing and, and that whole creative process. And, you know, when you're in the room and you're one of the first handful of people to hear a song that, that goes on to be a, a mega hit, mm-hmm. it's, it's, <clears throat> It those are the moments. That's that's the the, the goosebump moment mm-hmm. is when you sit there and you realize, okay, this is this is something here, mm-hmm. you know, and just being in the room, being a part of the process, that would be awesome. Right on. I had an intern here, uh, Emily. She's actually engineered over across the street. That that was her whole thing. Like she just loved. She's. Like, I just want to be a part of the process of the creation of the song and of the album. Like she genuinely got. A high off, and hopefully she still does. But she does. High off of that. Yeah, she still does. Yeah. Um, how do you maintain that though? I've I retired from one aspect of my career last year. <clears throat> um, not that I lost passion for it; it just had so many other things going on. But even before I left, it became work to find that. To it used to be easy. I used to go to work, and there was just a thing that I just loved being in the building. Oh. I used to love cracking the mic. Um, even when I was still in the studio, I used to just love the lights on my desk. Used to make me happy. I'm an LED freak, and the way it, I would turn my system off and turn it on just to watch the power up sequence. Sometimes I'm that ridiculous. Um, but with live stuff, there's something different every single show. Every mm-hmm. every venue is completely different. Every console is completely different. So I have I have these things that can help me kind of stay fresh how do you stay fresh how, how does that that desire to want to stay in the room continue you know I'm not sure exactly how to answer that because I don't think it's ever left me okay nice you know yeah when when now yes there, there are some sessions that are a job sure you know like like any career any job there's there are sessions where it's like okay I'm I'm getting a paycheck, mm-hmm. and there are other <laughs> sessions where it's like, man, this is this is what I do it for. Um, you know, when I, when I when I go into the studio with someone like an Elton, you know, I I, I try to leave my ego at the door, mm-hmm. and I try to just make sure that you know I cr- create the most creative environment for the artist that I can. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's and that's the fun. And when when I when something comes out of those sessions that I think is amazing, whether it gets chart success or not, there have been a lot of songs that I've worked on. I'm like, man, that's an awesome song. 
I can't wait for that to go out. It's gonna, <laughs> and it's gonna be great. Happens, and it right. just, it just, it just kind of fizzles, fizzles off. Yeah. Yeah. It's still a great song, and yeah. it's still a great uh, a, a session that I loved. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, uh, it's just kind of part of who I am. You know, I, when I have days off, I'll go down in my studio and tinker around on, in Pro Tools mm-hmm. on stuff. That's my hobby. Right on. Music is my business and my hobby. Right on. Nice. You know? Yeah. So it's like, even on my days off, I, I, I go down in my studio and do shit. I was going to ask you, if you weren't doing music, what, what would you, you do? do? I'd be doing Sounds music. like I'd be doing music. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> can, can I do a stone real quick? Um, because these are really cool when he does these. I'm going to try to be as eloquent with you as, as you are. Uh, Don't hurt yourself. I asked, I know, I'm going to try. This is, I told you, his steps are tall. The thing that I heard in what you just said because the question I asked was designed to be difficult to answer because it's not an easy question to answer for anybody but what you you didn't say it so much the music you said that creating the environment was almost what you live for mm-hmm. and then if something comes out of it you were a part of it based off of that so that creating part is the journey of the situation and I'm a real big proponent of teaching the kids that I mentor that getting to where you're wanting to go isn't what you're trying to do learning how to enjoy that process is yeah. what you want to do yeah. and I think you summed up what I was I was kind of digging at with that question and then you just magically spit it out because you've been pulling magic out of yeah. it the whole time <laughs> <laughs> is, is, is that enjoying that process of building that environment and then just being a part of it is fulfilling whether or not you get chart success or not and that is the journey yeah. because if you chase the chart success you, everything could fizzle out <laughs> like I, yeah. that's been my whole musical career we've been almost 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 and then never and yeah. that's but the process was always enjoyable if, if you're if you're chasing chart success if you're chasing Grammys and nominations and all that other kind of stuff you're not being honest with the process mm-hmm. and you're not staying true to the art this is this is about art this is about creativity this is about expression this is you're creating something that hopefully will connect with someone on a deep level mm-hmm. you know um when I was growing up, it's like I listened to the music that I grew up loving. It's because it, it touched me in a way that I had not been touched before. Mm. You know, I was like, I, I connected to it lyrically, musically. It, it said things. It, it, it could it could verbalize the way I was feeling. And I was like, that's that's what I'm feeling. Yeah. That's exactly, they, they just said exactly what I'm feeling. And so I was able to connect to it. And when you try to do something thinking about, okay, we, we want to have a a top 10 hit or we want to get a Grammy nomination out of this. That's you've almost already shot yourself in the foot before you even started. And that's how, that's how every session becomes a job. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? I have a couple of engineers here where they're good, but you can tell they don't love being in a the room. They don't love serving the artist. Mm-hmm. You can tell they don't love music. it. Cause every time I turn around, the artist is getting on their nerves. Like they don't know this. They don't. I said, but that's why you're in the room dog. Mm-hmm. But they're concerned with, you know, cause they see it. If it's not going to lead to a Grammy, you're not going to lead to my notoriety to work with bigger and better person or to get my tracks on, then it's a waste of my time. That's how it's seen. And I see this and I've had these talks before and I feel bad for them. Cause I think they're missing a whole lot of this beautiful thing that we're well, doing. Well, they are. They, they're missing the part he just said. Yeah. Like, a lot of, the, the greatest engineers, the greatest producers, 
the greatest writers that I've been able to be around have a story like that. Yeah. There's some yeah. artist or some record or some song from some period that touched them, that helped them resonate with the craft. I think Leslie and shared it, a story like that. He did. That. He had one just like it too. too. Uh, yeah. The computer that he had that, yeah. the, that they gave him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was, a, there was a record. I can't remember what the song was, but that computer and was Simone. a big deal of it. Yeah. And Simone Both had of a story. Them. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that, that's a big thing. And I, I, I will agree with you on that. Like a lot of the, the younger guys that I run into now don't have an album that they can call back to that they would just listen to all day. Yeah. There isn't a credit book that they went through and then they researched every engineer, every producer that was on there to study what they did. And but they enjoy the technical aspect of Pro Tools. Right. Which is I mean it's fine, it's cool, but I think that you almost are shooting yourself in the foot thing. You create a ceiling when you don't have some spark of a passionate place to pull from mm-hmm. to drive everything else that comes, which leads me to my next question. <laughs> no, I got one more. Because we, we, we talk about this being an art form and everything. We all know art, <laughs> art don't always pay. So <laughs> that passion don't always pay. Art it's don't always pay. To every creative child. <laughs> uh, even my mom. My mom told me at one point, she was like, you need to have a backup plan. And I was one of those kids like, if I have a backup plan, I'm already planning to fail. Like, I was that kid um i I was i had the exact same conversation with my parents okay my mother i started out at georgia tech studying electrical engineering right on went there for a couple of years realized i don't want to say this this ain't it for me Mm -hmm. uh because growing up i was always kind of like you know there was like there's always this kid in school who was like the musician you do look like an electrical engineer, electrical engineer that, that, I will, I will yeah, say that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you can still be one if you want to be. I can still be one. <laughs> but, uh, you know, growing up, I was I was the, the, the kid who played the piano, and I was the accompanist for the chorus, and I was, you know, I was always the musician dude. You know? Yeah. And then, but then going to study music, um, I remember, I would look at it, I was like, okay, well, what are my options as a, as a classical pianist? Because that's right. what I studied. And I was like, well, okay. I've always been good at math and science. Let me just go to Georgia Tech. So I got in Georgia Tech and started doing electrical engineering. Now, like, wait. Let's not gloss like, over no. that. You just said, I'm just going to go to Georgia Tech. You don't just go to Georgia Tech. I know I'm going to get in. I'm going to go to Georgia Tech. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that they choose me. It's I decide. that I'm going to go. I'm going to take a call. I'm starting in the fall. <laughs> well... Okay, I glossed over it. <laughs> like, I filled out an application and I got accepted. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Cakewalk. Okay. I'm sorry. That's funny. That was a good point. <laughs> we got our people like aspiring and just like, like, like where, where's the application at? Yeah. yeah give it <laughs> so yeah, tech, yeah. you make the yeah. decision. So, so I, 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 re- I realized, okay, yeah, this, this is not what I want to do. So I, I transferred over to Georgia State and my mother wanted me to... Uh, major in business and minor in music production, and mm-hmm. I was like, no, because if I have a if I have a safety net, I'll fall into that safety net. All right. If I if I have no safety net, I'll find my way. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah. You Do you think going to college for music helped? Um, I went to school for music production. Not for mm-hmm. music itself. It wasn't. I wasn't okay. studying. It wasn't it, at the time. Well, it, not, wasn't, it was not in the school of music. It is now in the school of music okay. over at Georgia State. But at the time, it was not in the. School was it like of a music. tech thing? Was it like electronic music back then? And just put in the tech department or something? Well, yeah. I don't even remember what what school technically it was under. Okay. But it was. I mean, we we didn't even really have a recording studio. They would they would work with a studio. Um, there was a place called Magic Lantern, which had there was they had a guy who was a composer mm-hmm. and he taught the class right um great composer great guy but he knew how to work his studio 
Right. You know, it was set up for him. Right. To where it's just like, okay, you plug into that, and that mic always shows up at this failure. No patching, no nothing, mm-hmm. right, no, no right, whatever. Right. And um, this was at the but, college level. This was at the college. Well, this was. I'm pretty old. This, it was is a, this was a long time ago. This is before Atlanta became. This, this was a long yeah. time ago. <clears throat> I'm sorry. This was in the infancy of these types of programs. I hear you. I understand. When they were still trying to kind of figure it out. Yeah. It was still, it was a new thing. They weren't even sure how to, what curriculum they needed. It was just, it was kind of a guessing game. Gotcha. Like gotcha. I, I'm, I, forgive me. I got to remember. No, 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 no. <laughs> but giving, I was already interning over at Soundscape, mm-hmm. uh, now Stankonia, and I was already kind of working my way up to being a an assistant engineer. I wasn't quite an assistant engineer yet, but I was working my way up. But by the time we got into my recording classes at Georgia State, I knew more about engineering than the guy who was teaching yep. the class. Yeah, I can see that. So um, when I went through, it was a very different type of dynamic and okay. system. That's um, fair. Now you go through, they, they have people who know what they're doing now teaching these. There, there are so many programs mm-hmm. around. You know, I mean, now even here within Atlanta, you got a program at UGA, you got one at Kennesaw State, you got SAE, you've got Art Institute, you've got uh, SCAD, you've got Georgia State. There's had, so many options. Had, had Art Institute. Uh, okay, you yeah, had Art Institute. That is <laughs> correct. I forgot about yeah, that. that. Well, what, it was a, is it AIM, there's AIM now. AIM, AIM, yeah, AIM, yeah. AIM is, is, yeah. is still around. So, um, you know, there are a lot more options for kids coming up uh, nowadays, so I think they are going to learn a lot more than they would when than I did when I went through. And I don't want to I don't want to diminish my time in, in school because it was I, I did learn a lot of great things and I met a lot of great people uh, right. there and, and that I still keep in contact to with this to this day. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, I, I, I will say that. You know, with all of being a, an engineer and going to school to learn how to be an engineer, um, it's it's not like going to get a law degree. Right. If I go to Harvard Law, you know, or Emory Law, and I come out with that degree, I can walk in with that degree and go, I'm an Emory Law grad. I'm a, I went to Harvard Law, and I'll be able to get a job at some big law firm mm-hmm. based off of that piece of paper. Yeah. You walk into a studio, I'm a grad of the Art Institute, or I'm a grad, graduate of SAE. Let me mix your records. They'll go, make me a fucking cup of coffee. That's right. all you can do. Um, like, what, you couldn't get into tech? No, no, one, <laughs> no, one, no one has ever asked me what school I went to. They right. want to know what projects, I, what, what's yeah. the last album yeah, I yeah. did. Yeah. I'll say so, this, too. Um, I, from my experience, sometimes the school that some of these kids have gone to has hindered them. Um, I had a stretch of time where we would toss the resumes from three schools in the trash the second we saw the name because we, we knew that they were coming in with that type of attitude. I came out of the school. Oh, let, yeah. let me go yeah, to work. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and I've, I've seen that, you know, when I was chief engineer uh, over at, at Bosstown, you know, and we had our intern program and we would get people from different schools and we would have we had people come in who wanted to just go straight into yeah. they, they weren't into I remember one guy coming I'm not into interning I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm yeah. like no you're not right. um, uh, thank you but yeah. Have, yeah. have a nice life exactly. um, but that I would also get other students from that very same school who were just willing to do anything mm-hmm. yeah. you know you want me to empty the trash fine yeah, yeah. yeah. I, got, I got a car 
I'll go get food. I'll go do whatever. Yeah. You know. Um, and it does suck that at one point, you know, a couple of bad apples spoiled. Yeah, because you so did always say it was the school, but yeah, it, was it wasn't. It was, it was it was the student. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, with that, did you ever hit the wall? This is going to be the shortest question I'm going to ask you all day. Okay. I finally got my fangirl under control. <laughs> <laughs> did you have a moment where you were like, this isn't going to be it? I can't. Like, the, you ran out of money. Uh, you didn't, you know, rent's due in a couple of weeks. I don't know if I can make this music industry thing work. I have to make this engineering thing. Like I'm going to have to go get a real job. Was there a point where you had that reflective moment or were you one of the lucky ones that? Um, I was lucky in the sense that um, I got into this very early and, and, and I think it was a different era when, when I got into it. And so as soon as I started assisting, I it really hasn't stopped. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, there are there are peaks and valleys in in uh, in the music industry and what you do. And there were times there were lean months where it's like, man, there's not a lot of work going on. But then there are some years where it's like, I don't have enough hours in the day to right. finish everything. Mm -hmm. You you need to one thing you have to learn as an independent contractor as a freelancer, you have to learn how to think of your finances uh, on a, at least a quarterly basis, if not a yearly basis, rather than some people thinking weekly, oh, yeah. this week I've made this much, this week I've made this much, this week I've made this much, because some weeks you're gonna have, yeah. you're gonna have some big checks coming in some weeks and then you got no checks coming in. So you need to think long-term and you can't spend, you, you, you know, you make, Ten grand this day, you can't go spend like you're gonna make ten grand the very next day. Yep. You've got to, you've got to budget. You've got to learn finances, and you've got to learn to live as a freelancer. And that can be, that can be tough. That can be a hard place to be sometimes. Um, you know, I've, I've always been able to make my rent. I haven't had to, you know, um, you know, uh, have a second job. And I, I know I've been fortunate with that. You know, I know a lot of people do. Have, and had to sell your body down on Lakewood. Yeah, <laughs> no. didn't have to do that. <laughs> okay, all right. Didn't have to go. Didn't have, didn't have to go sell my blood or anything like that. You know, um, uh, or make little mats or whatever. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize what I was. <laughs> um, so, uh, but yeah, it's learning. To me, that that's more uh, about learning how to manage your finances, which is mm -hmm. the business side of things, which we never like to really have to think about. We just want to be creative. We just want to be in the right. studio and do the creative thing. But then you've got to manage your finances. You've got to you've got to pay your taxes. You've got to put enough aside so that when you get a when you get a check from a, a label, they're not taking out taxes. So you've mm -hmm. got to write every year. You've got to write a check to the government. You're not getting a refund. You're paying. Mm -hmm. You know, so <laughs> your you, life is like here's Johnny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, exactly. so you you've got to learn how to manage your household finances. Yeah, and good stuff. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I'm gonna wrap real quick. What I want to know: What are you working on now? And and touch on placement music too, if you can. Placement music is a company owned by Tammy Hurt, and she gets music placed in televisions. And now, are you a partner in that? Uh, no, she she owns the company, but I am considered a creative consultant. Got gotcha. you. Okay. So, like, I have worked with her on some projects. Like, there was some shows that she they got some some songs placed in. Um, uh, I worked with uh, 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 Jewel did um, uh, uh, Roseanne Cash 
made-for-TV movie. Mm-hmm. And so okay. they, they redid gotcha. a whole bunch of the you know, June Carter Cash and Johnny Cash songs, right. and, and she was singing. So I went into the studio and worked with her on those. Um, you know, and there were some other things. Uh, so, but yeah, that that's all about placement of music within film and yeah, television. Yeah, sync licenses and stuff. So mm-hmm. are so what's taking up most of your time now? Are you still pretty much just engineering producing? Like, what are you doing today? Um, so uh, I, I just got back from London not long ago working with Elton on a project. He's he's finishing up two musicals, one that's going to Broadway and one that's going to London on the West End. So that relationship is now how long? 31 that's years. Awesome. Amazing. Awesome. Yeah. That's just the dream thing to do as an engineer. Yeah. I, I didn't ask this question. Did you ever sit in like on a concert? Did you get to play? Ooh. I didn't get to play. Okay. No. Okay. Because I'm a piano player. And right. And he's a so piano they, player. They got one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. You know, the Elton band has a piano player. Just, you know, just, you know, maybe Elton one, and the Johns. One of those days that Elton might have wanted to stand at the mic. And, yeah. you know. <laughs> that actually is kind of his thing, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, there, there, there is a guy out in L.A., uh, his name is Adam Chester. He's kind of like the Elton stand-in. Like okay. when it, whenever they do, um, uh, whenever they rehearse the band, all his whole band lives out in L.A. Mm. And so whenever they rehearse before a tour, Elton doesn't necessarily have to be there for the rehearsals. So Adam comes in and he's basically Elton for the rehearsals. And then, like for the last day or two, Elton will come in and they'll right. run through a few things and kind of get the show together. Right now, Adam did get to play live during the the last the Dodger Stadium show that Disney aired. There was a, Elton had some guest uh, artists, and he, so Elton went up to the front of the stage to sing with them, mm-hmm. and Adam got to sit in and play nice. the piano. He, he got to essentially be Elton for a couple of songs. Right there. on. Thank so. you for making my question not seem completely stupid. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. They got a guy for that. But that's, you know, it's, it's, it's cool. I mean, I, I have, you know, I have gotten to play his piano many, many times. Right you know, on. When, when we're kind of getting, when we're getting things together and the band is getting sounds, you know, I may go in and sit at the piano and play something real quick, you mm-hmm. know, but... Uh, um, yeah, it's always him. Right on. A saying came to my mind. I was like, ooh, that, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> say it on camera. All right, so rapid fire. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to just hit you with these questions. Try not to think about them. Whatever okay. pops up in your head. All right? If you want to expound, you can. What is the meaning of life? That's what it is. <laughs> <I know. laughs> <laughs> What's your thesis? <laughs> Shout out to Rob Hardy. Okay, first question. You get to do, oh, you get one do-over in life. What would it be? One do-over. Oh my gosh. Dude, I've won a Grammy. What what do I need to do what over? He, what else does he want to there do? There it is. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Naris. <laughs> no, I, no, I, no, it's you know, I don't uh It's actually amazing if you can't think of one though. That is that yeah. is dope. Not to get too philosophical on things, but it's like, you know, the mistakes in life that you've made that you think you might want to go back and do over, you've learned more from those. So those have been more beneficial to me than the things that I just immediately found success at. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if I go back and fix a mistake I made, I would not have learned that lesson and who knows what would have happened. So thank you for that clip. Right on. Uh, All right. All right. Get one superpower. You can travel through time, read people's thoughts or be invisible. Um, read people's thoughts. Yeah, that'd, that'd be scary. <laughs> that'd be scary. Why? All right. You said why? Why? <laughs> I, needed, I needed you to expound on that one. I need to know why. 
because I had to pick one. Why okay. Not? I had to pick All right, one. Cool. Okay. It, of the three. Of the three. That's the one I'm going. Okay. Of the three. Well, you know, it's like you 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 get into a situation. A lot of times, you're you're unsure if this person you can trust this person. If this person is a good person. X. Um, you know, you it's sometimes it's hard, especially in this industry, mm. with some people who might have some unscrupulous business practices and and ways they do things. You know, it's if you if you know exactly what they were thinking, then you would be able to avoid a lot of stuff. Yeah, a lot of that shit. Watch uh, American Greed enough, you'll be like, yeah, I want to read. Understood. Yeah. Yeah. All right, you can have dinner with anyone, dead or alive. Who would it be? Anyone in history, dead or alive? Who would it be? Barack Obama. Really? Yeah. Why is that? I think he was probably one of the most inspirational people of this century so oh. far. Well. That'd be a lot of questions. Yeah. That would be a lot of yeah. questions, actually. What would question number one be if you could ask Barack some questions at dinner? Um, will you give me a tax extension? Boom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it just, you know, it just kind of... I don't know that I would necessarily have a, a set question that I would have. Just kind of be in the room? Yeah, just being in the room. Just, you know, when, when you break bread, conversations happen organically and naturally. And it just, That actually, you know, I know we got more rapid fire. This just, I have just slow more. rapid fire all the way down. You really have to um, the, the cool thing slow about fire. being associated with some of the people you associate with is you, like, have access to, like, the White House correspondence dinners and stuff. Like, you've never been able to snag a ticket to one of those ever? <laughs> no. Okay. I, no. Like, I've never been invited. I, I, I was just asking. Invited. I mean, I, I got some friends who, like, play talk box for one artist. Like, hey, man, you want to go to correspondence dinner? And they get to go to all this cool stuff because they have a relationship with some artist. So... You know, something I, I don't. I you know, I've never sought to, to try and take advantage of ah. relationships in that way. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Elton has his uh, Oscars AIDS Foundation party every year. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never asked. To, I'm sure I could go if I said, "Hey, I'd love to go." He'd say, "Okay," but I've never asked to go. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I know with that, it's a it's a ticket that he would be giving me, and they charge people to go to that. Yeah. They charge a lot. You know, so that's that's money that's not going to the AIDS Foundation. Right. I just, you know, it's like me, me enjoying myself is not the purpose of that evening. Mm-hmm. They have a greater thing, so I, I, I never try to. Um, I, I take you're very much things. a stay in and enjoy my lane. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. That's super noble. I, I'm yeah. I'm I'm even more of a fan now because I mean those those real human responses like that. Everyone at some point looks to you know get something in it for themselves, and I, to, to I, hear I, that is. I, well, I would say one one of the coolest. Um, environments that I have been to around him was when he first got married in London Mm -hmm. back when it was just a civil union at that point but he had his wedding and he had the reception and my wife and I were invited to that so we go right on and you talk about the celebrities in that room. I can only yeah. imagine. Yeah. It was. It's like you, know, you turn around. I was like, oh, that's Michael Caine right there next to mm-hmm. me. And, you know, oh, there's you know, there's oh, Princess Diana, hey, Helena Bottom Carter, you know, and and there's there were there were a couple of royals there. I'm sure, but I didn't. I wasn't familiar with. To, to know there's a, there's a lot of royals. Yeah. I hope I didn't put my foot in my mouth. I don't know if that was before or after she passed, so that might have been a, a wah 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 moment. That, so. that was after, but sorry, okay, not but, to be insensitive. Still, that was yeah. completely a fupa on my part. But yeah, that was you know you know that was uh, you know I'm sitting at the table and Ozzy Osbourne's sitting right right there you know at the next mm-hmm. table right next to me. So it was, it was kind of a that was a one a of those yeah. one of those chill moments that was like man this is a really yeah this is a cool thing that's crazy. You know? 
So, all right. Uh, we already asked that one. The artist you love to work with. So, wait. Back. Back. Yeah. Back. 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 Yep. All right. So, last one. And I asked that. If you didn't do music, what would you have done? <laughs> <laughs> if, well, if 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 I if I had to come up with an idea, I would say it would probably be a lawyer. Yeah. Okay. And I'll be honest. I figured law? that because in that particular? was the example you gave. You you gave a, an Emory law, law thing, and I was yeah. like, okay, there's some law stuff in here somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, would it be entertainment law? You think or um, probably litigation. Interesting. Wow. To get some of that energy out from the wife on some I other would, people. I would, I would, probably, I think I would enjoy myself making arguments in front of people, in front yeah. of a jury, right uh, rather than looking at a contract. Now, this is for someone who's not a lawyer, and a lawyer may listen going, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, yeah. it work that way. This ain't Matlock, buddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This ain't law and order. Right. <laughs> or suits, let's bring yeah. it up to there the you go. current. Yeah. Yeah. It's not suits. <laughs> so, uh, you know, yeah, uh, but I, uh, Maybe a lawyer. All right. Are you active on social media? I have social media. So it's not active. active. I mean, eh, once sure. in a while I'll post something, but I'm, I'm, not, okay. I'm not driven by it. What so, is it? At Matt Still. Boom. Nice and easy. Easy. Yeah. Nice and easy. Mm-hmm. Just at on, Matt Still. There it is. <laughs> on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. That's okay. So if anyone wants to know what's going on with Matt Still, they pretty much need to know you and have your number. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm not mad at it, to be honest with you. I'm not mad at it at all. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Johnny, you know. Just Johnny Vaughn, J-U-S-T-J-O-N-Y-V-A-N. Y'all know what it is. Stone Stafford at what? It's stonestafford.com. I do it every single time. That's my email. Stone mm-hmm. is Stone Stafford. Website is stonestafford.com. But anyway, <laughs> you're here for the podcast, not me. So that is lifeonpodcast.com. Everything. You can either listen to the uh, episodes on your streaming platforms or you can watch it on YouTube. All this stuff is there. The last 10 episodes are going to be up there. Matt, we appreciate you having on. This was fun. Hey, thanks for having me. And I love it when I learn new stuff yeah. from the guests. That's always great. I love it when it's I can amazing. do this like, internally for like an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and Matt and I, you know, Matt and I, we go way back you know yeah, I, mean, I just yeah. hadn't i see him peppered we, every once in a while we'll bump across this I, other i'm thing. sure we crossed our pass over at boss town back in the day oh yeah we did when i was in a group i know for a fact you were over there i was yeah. in because boys and men were there and we and numo would come in mm-hmm. and, and i'm sure you were there you yeah. had to be there oh yeah, yeah. So. i had i had hair down to my waist at that point yeah you probably yeah. were you probably were there yeah <laughs> i had a ponytail hair down to my waist. that is hilarious so. <laughs> i used to have a shag yeah. man we appreciate you guys so look granted we didn't hit our million subscribers in 2023 but we're not giving up <laughs> you're not giving up on us either so just like and subscribe us and tell a friend we're just gonna leave it at that <laughs> show your love we appreciate y'all we will be back in two weeks yes sir peace out